Snap Studios. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. As we navigate this new world of social distancing, quarantine, stay in place, everything, as this becomes our new normal, your mind, at least my mind, can start to play tricks on you. I can't see my brand new baby nephew. What do you mean a Zoom bot mitzvah? And say whatever you want to, but most Zoom dates are a distant cry from the before time. And the whispers, they start to tell you, this is unique to you. A brand new and unfair path that you and you alone are forced to march. Your mind might start spinning. You might start thinking crazy things, and that's what this is for. Team Snap wants to give you some thoughts from folk who have traveled this road. I'm going to start off with a man named Osama. Osama is a former political prisoner with a unique perspective because all of this reminds him of the time he was in the Palestinian city of Jericho. My name is Osama Eliwat. I'm originally from Jerusalem. Now I live in Jericho. I'm 42 years old. I passed a lot of kinds of isolation in my life. I was arrested when I was 14 for hanging a Palestinian flag. And I was, I spent two weeks in isolation in one room in jail. It's dark, it's stinky, it's hard floor that the water was tung, tung, tung all the time. Your body is not giving you opportunity to rest because you have to stay awake to, to take care of it from nowhere. I heard a, a tune and it was like... It goes with the wind and it comes back. I, I, I put my, my ear like closer to the wall to to hear it. And I just, I felt relaxed a little bit. I felt like, I forgot about the cold weather. Like I, I rested somehow. After I fell asleep a little bit and then I woke up and I tried to hear but I didn't hear it. And the day after I went I was putting my head to the wall in order to to try to to reach this voice somehow or to hear it again. And after a few days I heard it again. And I was very excited and I was 
happy that I'm hearing this again. Something like this. And I relaxed. I feel calm down my body and my 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 physical body also, you know, and my heart and like I feel it's a special feeling. I'm not a good sleeper until today, since then. Uh, when I couldn't sleep, I just listened to music to calm down and then playing the same song, a song I told you about. So for the people who are sitting on uh, isolation nowadays, from time to time when you want to relax, play the best music you like, music to relax you, close your eyes and put your headphones close your eyes and feel it running into your body and relax with it and think about how happy you are in this moment take this opportunity and don't let it go 22 years later Osama was at a Jewish friend's house for Shabbat dinner in Israel when the family stood up and started singing a song Osama couldn't believe his ears it was the same song he'd heard back in prison that's when Osama realized that the tune he heard, it was Israeli soldiers singing a Jewish hymn to prepare for the Sabbath. That song is called Shalom Al-Hem. He still listens to it to fall asleep. Next up, we hear from Eric Mwangwe. And back in the 1990s, Eric was a star goalkeeper of Rwanda's most beloved football team, Rayon Sport. And Eric was Tootsie. So when Death Squads started hunting Tootsies in the spring of 1994, Eric took refuge at his teammates' house. And his teammates were mostly Hutu, and they were playing the role of protector while Eric was hiding for his life. For me and many people who were going through the crisis of 1994 genocide against the Tutsi in Rwanda, the fear we had was, uh, was, was real, was fear of surviving imminent death. Uh, my name is Eric Murangwe Eugene, former Rwandan international footballer. Uh, in 1994, I was sitting in one house where I was with quite a few number of friends of mine, former teammates. We were quite a number of people, we were about 12 people in a four, four, three bedrooms house. My fear was constantly thinking about what might be coming, who might be coming to get me. There was fighting going on around us. Oh, you, can't, you can't, you can't describe it. We, we were used to, to random killings, random shootings, uh, grenade being uh, thrown here and there, continuous uh, machine guns, all those kind of things. 
and it went on and on, on and on and on. So in all this time, basically, my mind had completely become frozen because I wasn't I wasn't thinking straight. At one point, I could not remember if it was. 10 o'clock in the morning or, or 4 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, if it was Monday or Saturday. I could, I could have uh, broken down or something. You know, I, yes, having people around you who was uh, able to make, make you feel part of a big group, big family. Uh, did help a lot to take away uh, the, the anxiousness and and, 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 and the fear. We spent days uh, talking to each other, playing cards and uh, playing other games that would um, help them take their minds off what was going on around us. But having people around you even though they were, you knew they were not going to really stop uh, a determined militia or soldier to take you away and kill you. The fact that they, 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 they were there and you, you, could, you could trust him, you knew they could do everything to, to help me, and they did. They provided uh, food, hope, all kind of things that I needed in that moment of needs. They were, they were able to go out and look for food. If I had not been in that house, probably I would have died of hunger because I could not have gone out. Um, but so I think, yeah, the spirit of uh, teamwork, struggling as a family, uh, as a group, as a team, did help us a lot. Call up with your fam, whoever you call fam, and love each other. Up next, we hear from a woman who grew up in an ultra-Orthodox Jewish community in Brooklyn. If I was at home, I was either alone or taking care of the schedules and the needs of, of eight children. <laughs> it definitely kept me busy. But um, there was a lot of loneliness as well and, and lonely hours. My name is Esty. I am a 55-year-old mother of eight children. I grew up in Brooklyn, in the religious area of Brooklyn. I teach Zumba, Zumba Extreme, which is a wild form of Zumba at the Jerusalem YMCA Sports Center. My isolation took place beginning in 1986 for approximately two decades. My abuser was my husband at the time. He basically supervised and controlled all my time and he tried to control all my actions as well. I remember vividly this day, I bought myself this amazing rust-colored suede uh, shirt. My ex took one look at me and said, you're not leaving the house, you can't look, leave the house. I'm like, why? He walked out the front door and 
locked me in. And first I banged on the door and then I saw he walked away and it was, there was no use. I, I cried for a while and I called him and he wouldn't answer the phone. Anyway, looked around the apartment and I said, no problem. Changed to exercise clothing, took out my step, did a serious hour of step from my own head, made it my own routine, did a hell of an hour of step and finished it, soaked the bone, and I had power. I had total power. In that moment, I empowered myself, and, I, and it was okay for that moment. You have to find something you love. It doesn't make a difference what it is. You have to pick something that'll make you happy, that when you finish doing it, you'll close the book, or close the video and you will smile and you'll feel good about yourself. And then you'll have a glass of wine and feel even better. Don't worry, y'all. Bestie is now safe and sound. She recently married a fantastic man in Jerusalem where she's still exercising in her apartment and teaching Zumba on Zoom. These stories that were produced by Naomi Zeveloff, Shayna Sheely, Liz Mack, and Anna Sussman. We'll be back with more lockdown stories soon. You keep your head up. Give love and accept love, all right? Peace. Peace.